if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now. Eight minutes past 10 o'clock on this Wednesday edition. It's the 29th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2021. So the Democrats have kicked Republicans off committees. Won't Republicans serve on committees? Um, have have uh, lied about the president for, for four years, did impeachment in secret in, in hearing, spied on the president's campaign. The Democrats are trying to make D.C. a state, trying to end the Electoral College, trying to end the filibuster, trying to pack the court, trying to nationalize elections, and are going to let illegals vote, illegal immigrants vote in elections. But somehow Donald Trump is the threat to democracy? Give me a break. This is this is how crazy they are. And here they come back. Oh, we don't even need to pass legislation now that we've tried for a year to do. We'll just do it by 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 edict from the White House. You can't do that. Well, you know what, Congressman Jim Jordan, (laughs) you can't do a lot of the things that Joe Biden has already done, despite being told by the Supreme Court, you can't do that. It's against the Constitution. But that has not stopped them yet. And that's what makes them so incredibly dangerous, at least for the next 11 months, until November of 2022, when we have a chance to pass or to um, uh, sweep them out of power in the the entire legislature, (laughs) get rid of the uh, Nancy Pelosi speakership, get rid of the Chuck Schumer uh, majority leadership, and actually bring some sanity back to the legislature. That's what we have to deal with for the next 11 months. Jim Jordan joined me in hour number one. If you missed that, uh, you can hear the entire conversation, which was very illuminating on a number of fronts. Uh, you can hear that at uh, whkradio.com. We are wide open this half hour at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Coming up at 1035, we're going to talk to Joe Knopp. He's the lieutenant governor candidate for uh, Jim Renacci. I want to hit this story real quick because it follows up on the... Uh, Latest COVID-19 insanity, and that's all I can call it, you know, from Joe Biden, uh, who insists now that despite saying that he and his administration would put a stop to COVID-19, that he and his administration would not shut down the economy, would not shut down the country, but he would shut down the virus, now says... There is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. Okay, well, let's talk about the state levels uh, who are trying to do this, who are trying to solve this, and why the Biden administration is actively trying to stop them. 
And the reason why is there are states who are trying to do this without uh, uh, mandating vaccinations. Florida Surgeon General Joseph uh, Ladapo has accused the Biden administration of actively preventing the effective distribution of monoclonal antibody treatments in the United States. This according to a letter sent yesterday to the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Xavier Becerra. The Biden administration recently paused shipments of COVID-19 antibody treatments manufactured by major drug companies Regeneron and Eli Lilly amid claims that such treatments are not effective against the Omicron variant of the coronavirus. The federal government continues to supply Sotrovimab, I hate trying to pronounce these words, Sotrovimab, a monoclonal antibody from the company GlaxoSmithKline, which reportedly does work against Omicron. Lapada or Ladapo concluded his letter by referencing comments Biden made Monday that there wasn't a solution by the federal government to end the nearly two-year-old pandemic. There is no federal solution. This gets solved at the state level, Biden said, in response to Arkansas Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson, warning the president against letting federal solutions stand in the way of state solutions. Ladapo, whom Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida appointed in September after the former Surgeon General resigned, has also made headlines for opposing measures such as school mask mandates. But in this case... He is speaking specifically to monoclonal antibody treatments for COVID that the Biden administration is intentionally holding up because in their mind, it's not guaranteed to work against Omicron. So I need to say this, and I want every medical professional who might happen to be listening right now to listen and, and to respond to this in whatever capacity you can. Joe Biden does not want to stop sick people from getting healthy. Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, Francis Collins, and every single employee at Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, they do not want people who get COVID to survive COVID. I'm saying this very directly. Not with ambiguity. They don't want people who get COVID to survive it. Because people who get COVID and survive it develop antibodies that make the vaccines that they are pushing completely and wholly irrelevant. They can make zero dollars on a person with natural immunity. They can make billions of dollars on people who are mandated to take the vaccine to try to build immunity, which, of course, we know is a fiction, does not work, period. People with three shots are still getting the virus that the three shots was supposed to inoculate them against. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that the Biden administration, the CDC, the NIH, etc., and all of their leadership continue to get in the way of the use of therapeutics like ivermectin, like hydroxychloroquine, 
along with zithromycin and zinc. They continue to get in the way of monoclonal antibody treatments. <laughs> Excuse me. These, <clears throat> these are treatments that are used to try to help people recover. They can be used both prophylactically to try to stop people from becoming infected, but moreover, and perhaps specifically, they are used to try to help people recover from COVID-19. Why on earth would drugs that are FDA approved for human use for a variety of other treatments, like hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, which has been used billions of times in human beings, billions of times for a number of autoimmune disorders. It is absolutely harmless, but their argument is, well, there's no proof that it works against COVID. There's no proof that it doesn't. And in fact, in other countries where those things, including ivermectin, have been used liberally, they have actually, absolutely have proof that it has worked in humans, that it has stopped COVID-19, that it has helped people recover more quickly. Some of the more high-profile names that use those treatments include Joe Rogan, extraordinarily popular podcast host, uh, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, there are a number of people who have refused any, I'm going to, I mean, let's put it to you this way. In all seriousness, millions of Americans have been diagnosed with COVID-19. I would like for anyone who has been diagnosed positive with COVID-19 to tell me after their diagnosis what treatment they were given, what treatment they were ordered from the medical professionals to take short of we're going to check you into the hospital what have you been given because the answer is nothing you test positive and if they don't check you in the hospital they tell you go isolate yourself and sit down and shut up go quarantine and that's it they won't give you the ivermectin they won't give you the hydroxychloroquine And in fact, if you request it, they'll deny it. And then they'll try to admit you to the hospital, which is the only place where they can give you the very dangerous uh, remdesivir. The Surgeon General of Florida, Joseph Ladapo, is only bearing witness to what many of us have known for a long time. They won't give you treatments that exist already because it doesn't make their big pharma partners any money. That's why Pfizer is coming out now with this pill, which is supposed to be a game changer. If you get COVID, this is something you can take. There's already been something you can take, but it just wasn't made by Pfizer. The most dangerous drug cartel in North America. Worse than any Mexican drug heroin, weed, coke, fentanyl cartel could ever be. They're holding up treatments for people because they don't want people to go home and take something that can be prescribed at a pharmacy, take it it at home, self-administered, and recover. They don't want that. Because that doesn't make them any money and it doesn't advance their goal of controlling the people. 
taking away their bodily autonomy, their medical freedom, and doing what they're told. Because the goal here isn't health. It has never been. It has never been. And the entire medical community is is walking right along in lockstep with the Biden administration, with the corrupt CDC, the corrupt NIH, and the cartels at Pfizer and Moderna. Marching in lockstep. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. You've given people three shots, and they're still getting COVID. Your shots don't work. Which is why you're preparing the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, according to Pfizer and BioNTech. That's why power and profit, the only two words that matter in the entirety of the American pandemic response team, power and profit. It's not about health. It never has been. If it was, they would be promoting the distribution of monoclonal antibodies and the other therapeutics that have been proven successful in other parts of the world and in select cases in the United States where they're allowed to be distributed. Sometimes, with patients' families having to go to the courts to get the right to have a product, a therapeutic, a treatment administered to their loved one that is already FDA-approved. We're not talking about experimenting with witch doctors and voodoo. We're talking about well-known, long-time approved, used billions of times treatments for other things that have shown promise in treating COVID-19 and they won't allow it. It's not about health. Never was. And that's why Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo is blowing the whistle here on the administration, the Brandon administration, actively preventing the distribution of these treatments. They don't want you to get healthy if you catch COVID. They want you to die so they can continue to promote their profit shots. You're going to die. Winter of death. Winter of severe suffering if you don't take the profit shot. I'll be right back. Tanya's in Akron on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, Bob. I got my Christmas present. I got COVID. (laughs) Merry Christmas. (laughs) That means that I'm going to have antibodies. Yes, you are. That is a a great gift to get, actually. It is, because I'm, I, uh, when I called and told my doctor that I had it, I did a home test so the government can't track me. Um, Smart. They, 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 she said, yeah, just stay at home and relax. Don't, you know, don't, you know, if you get, um, if you start having problems breathing, go to the hospital. No treatment. Exactly. No That's treatment. exactly the point I'm making. No treatment. Everybody tells that I same would, story. Me too. Just, just isolate and you know, sit down and feel you know, just uh, write it out. It's you know, but no treatment. Ivermectin. No. I wish I you know 
Should have got some in the summer before it became an illegal drug. But you can still get it, you know. So, you can no, you can still no, get I, it. You call you call Doctor Tenpenny. You call to a Tenpenny IMC uh, Integrated Medical Center. She is giving prescriptions to people for ivermectin. All you got to do is call, talk to Doctor Tenpenny. Uh, you'll do a little self diagnosis, not a self, but a little phone diagnosis, and uh, uh, she will she will absolutely call you on a prescription for ivermectin. Okay, I will call. I, I ten penny. Okay. Yeah, Doctor Doctor Sherry Tenpenny. I had her on the air about I don't know three weeks ago now, and maybe and uh, we talked about this. And she is a very firm believer in that as a treatment. Which, of course, as you point out, your doctor and the other uh, the others in the uh, uh, in the you know uh, medical industrial complex, if you will, they won't allow you to have. But she is absolutely a believer in it. She has seen it work, and uh, countless numbers of patients of hers have used it and recovered much more quickly from uh, uh, from their COVID symptoms. So, by all means, you should call her. I will. I mean, that's on my list as soon as I get finished with you. Okay. Um, I love when you have all these great speakers in, but we can't, we no longer can have these heroes, you know, in our government. They can't, even though they say they're going to do something, trust them as far as you can throw your own house. It's time for us to do start doing things on our own. And the first is open our eyes and see that every bastion that we thought holy and sacred is now corrupt with evil. When we can't get, you know, I know the uh, Harry Reid died last night. I suppose, I mean, I, you know, sorry for his family, sorry for, you know, all of that. But he was evil. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'm going to say about that, uh, Tanya, and I got to go here. Thanks for the call. I'm going to get some other people on too. I didn't spend a ton of time on Bob Dole's passing. I'm not spending a ton of time on Harry Reid's passing. I'm not even spending a ton of time on John Madden's passing, uh, last night, who is just an iconic figure for a lot of us. Uh, I, 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 I'm very, very hesitant to comment on people's lives, particularly right after they pass away. There are some people that I believe who die heroes. There are some people I believe who die evil. It's not my place to discuss and describe those things uh, at the moment of their passing. There will be a time, but that time is going to be later. Thank you for the call. Uh, Andy in Middleburg Heights. Andy, go ahead. Good morning, sir. A belated Merry Christmas and hopefully a Happy New Year. Thank you, sir. You too. Uh, welcome to World War Three. This is a biological warfare. Bob, give me your opinion, please. Uh, I respect your everything that you do. You are a, the voice of truth as far as we're concerned. My wife and I, I'm 80, my wife's 77. You're the voice of truth on the radio. And, and God help us if you're off the radio because they're not going to get the message like you give out. My opinion is this. They give these people these shots, then they tell them to mask up. First off, it takes 20% of oxygen out of your butt. Secondly, it's not a, it's not a mask, it's a face diaper. Because after 20 minutes, there's so much bacteria in there. You've got that shot. It's working in your system. You're ingesting that again. You're inhaling your own bacteria and making things worse. My wife, I think, is spot on. She's out right now walking the dog, 77. She walks a mile. She takes deep breath. And I'll tell you what, she is, she is spot on. Because if you, if you wear that face diaper all the time with the bacteria on it, it's got to replicate back in your body, and you're not going to get rid of that poisonous poke that they gave you. It's going to stay in your body, and it's going to keep going on, regenerating, regenerating. You're killing yourself. That's suicide. 
I mean, take that. Well, I'm, take uh, here, here, here's my opinion, since that's what you asked for, Andy, and thank you for the call. My opinion is I want to breathe as much oxygen as possible and as little of my own CO2 as possible. The CO2 itself is a problem, not to mention, as you point out, bacteria and other things that are uh, exhaled into the inside of that mask. And the worst part about it is if you have COVID, every particle of COVID you have is going right through 99% of those masks. Unless you're wearing an N95, they are useless. Vince in Westlake. Vince, go right ahead. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family. Thank you. you too. Um, I had COVID uh, a year ago, right before Christmas, and uh, I just got uh, self-diagnosed myself with a home testing kit uh, last week. Got it again. Um, a year ago, went to my doctor. And it was the same thing, exactly what Tanya said. Uh, it was like she was reading off a script. From the from the uh, the uh, hospital center, you know, system that I went to, mm-hmm. where that you know we don't believe in the veracity of this, and does not recommend taking this for you. you know, if you have any problems, contact us again. Go to the emergency room, come in, and that was the other word. Go home, sit on your butt. If you get worse, hope you don't die before you get to a hospital, and then when you do, get hooked up on a ventilator. This time, uh, I took a home test, tested positive. Uh, I called uh, another doctor's outfit, similar to Dr. Tenpenny that I've talked to. Talked to them last year and got the hydroxychloroquine. This year I got the ivermectin. Bob, I started taking the ivermectin, and within 48 hours, I, I felt like I didn't even, had never had been sick at all, whatever. So this is something that they're, they're keeping from us. And uh, like you said, yeah. Their form of manipulation, their form of control, and shame on us if we don't stand up and start doing something for it. So, I, I'm, 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 I'm thank you, Vince. I'm sorry to hear that you went through that, but I'm glad you called me to tell me you went through that because that is exactly right. And I'm glad you got the ivermectin because that is exactly what people have been saying. There are treatments out there for COVID-19 that have been completely not just ignored, but they have been suppressed, banned, disallowed by by the. Uh, pro-vaccine medical community by the ones in the pockets of the big pharmaceutical providers and suppliers and makers of those vaxes, of those non-vax profit shots. They have not just been ignoring those readily available treatments, they have been suppressing them. And that, to me, is criminal. That's a violation of the Hippocratic Oath, as far as I'm concerned. By suppressing could-be, would-be, life-saving and symptom-treating uh, uh, medications like the ivermectins and hydroxychloroquines and monoclonal antibodies, they are indeed doing harm. The Hi- Hippocratic Oath, the very first thing they learn is, at first, do no harm. Thanks for that call. If you're on hold, stay there. I'll come to you, but I'm going to get to Joe Knopp, Lieutenant Governor candidate in the state of Ohio. That's next, AM 1420 The Answer. two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer 10 37 as we continue now 
Ever since March of 2020, when uh, Governor Mike DeWine told us to give him just a couple of weeks, yeah, just just two weeks, everybody chill for two weeks, we're going to close everything down, unless the business is essential and you got to have supplies and you got to have food, just everybody just chill for a couple of weeks, stay where you are and help us flatten the curve so we don't overwhelm the hospitals. Since that moment... And, of course, we are now two years into Let's Flatten the Curve in two weeks. I have been working to get rid of Mike DeWine as governor of the state of Ohio. He has hurt the people of Ohio. He has hurt business owners. He has driven people out of business. Employees put on unemployment. Um, Countless numbers of school children who are still not caught up. And probably won't be, because it's almost impossible to make up for that kind of lost time where no learning is going on for the entire school year of 2020 uh, and into uh, 2021. I have been talking about the importance of getting rid of Mike DeWine. I have fought. I interviewed him. I interviewed uh, John Houston a couple of times. I told him exactly what I felt and what needed to be done in order for him to try to turn things around. Of course, he argued with me at every turn, and now he won't come back on. Well... Uh, Our chance to get rid of him is coming up next year, of course, in 2022. Jim Renacci, former congressman, now candidate for Ohio governor. He is going to be running against Mike DeWine in this primary that is coming up. He has selected his running mate. You heard the announcement about two weeks back now, and it is Joe Knopp, who is not a political voice or face or name that you probably know from politics. You might know him if you are a film fan, because he is a filmmaker, and he is now... Uh, the unlikely pick for Jim Arnese as lieutenant governor. He joins us now to talk about that on AM 1420, The Answer. Joe, so good to talk to you again, first time on the radio. Thanks for the time this morning. How are you? I'm good, Bob. Hey, it's such a privilege to uh, be on the on your show and to talk the truth with your audience. So thanks for the invite. Well, that's, that is what it's all about. It is about truth, Joe. And I, and I want to take this time to introduce you to uh, Ohio listeners and Ohio voters because, again, they probably, you know, they may or may not know you. And let me just give you a little bit of background for those who don't know. You remember the movie Unplanned, which was a 2019 film uh, about Abby Johnson, who was, um, uh, you know, was a, a Planned Parenthood director. She was a big believer in pro-choice and a believer in abortion and so forth until... She actually watched an ultrasound being performed of an abortion, and uh, it changed her life. She's now been one of the most pro-life activists, uh, best pro-life, pro-life activists in America. Joe Knopp produced that movie, Unplanned. Uh, also produced last year, The Trump I Know, which was a very deep inside look at President Trump and the Trump family uh, during his campaign for re-election. So, Joe, that's your background from a film perspective. Um, tell tell people a little bit more about your professional career before we dig into the issues uh, pertaining to the state of Ohio. Sure. So I got to uh, a date in Ohio through the Air Force. I was a 19-year-old kid, fresh out of basic training, got stationed at Wright-Patt, and uh, spent my whole active duty career at Wright-Patt, uh, six years. And then I met my now wife while I was active duty, uh, also, while active duty, went to uh, Wright State University and got a finance degree from there. So for about almost uh, 13, 14 years, I had my own finance practice, uh, my own business where I helped uh, people really learn uh, how to utilize money. Something you know, when you grow up in an orphanage like I did, you know, we were not taught much about money. And that's when a, a good friend of mine called from Hollywood that I grew up with. 
and he was getting burned out on the typical movies that Hollywood was doing, and he really wanted to tell inspirational stories. And uh, he knew my appreciation for uh, inspirational stories because of my background, but also I was the only finance guy that he knew. So within a few years, I ended up switching gears to uh, working full-time in the movie space just to tell you know, really uh, inspirational, impactful stories that Hollywood was not wanting to tell. Um, Joe, Mary financed to film for me. I understand you got a call. Uh, you, you, you're a big believer in inspirational stories. Somebody wanted you to work in that in that in that realm. I get it, but like, w- did you have a background in film? Did you have any? Uh, you know, you studied finance at, at Wright State, as you pointed out. Uh, you were in the Air Force. How do you go from finance to being so successful in film? Well, uh, when studios are not willing to tell certain stories, that therefore the funding is dried up. So when Daryl called me to see if I could help him find the funding for these movies. So when you make a movie unplanned, Hollywood is not going to back the truck up and dump a bunch of money in your lap. When you do a movie about uh, Trump and his family, they're not going to give you money for that. So I had to utilize my skill set as a finance investment guy, put together structures, and really uh, get together uh, uh, you know, great Americans who want to support our conservative causes to trust us to, uh, to put money into these projects. You know, guys like Mike Lindell, who was heavily involved in helping to fund Unplanned and really helping them uh, see the vision for what we need to do, just like you're doing, Bob, with your audience. We need to deliver high-quality, entertaining, impactful stories to this country. I love that. That's a great answer. Uh, we're talking with Joe Knopp, who is a candidate for lieutenant governor alongside Governor Candidate Jim Renacci. And again, before we talk about that, I want to go back to your background. You mentioned growing up in an orphanage. And uh, Jim Renacci, in his introduction of you as lieutenant governor, talked about your, your childhood. You know, you talk about rags to riches. Not that you're rich or wealthy in that regard, but just from, <laughs> from, from a very difficult upbringing to becoming a successful professional at any level. You literally went from rags because you were living on the streets before going into an orphanage until you were a senior in high school, as uh, Jim Renacci recounts the story. Tell me more about that upbringing and, uh, and what was your story. So I was uh, born actually in, in Philadelphia, which is a, a, a great city to be born in because uh, this country was also born and founded there. Uh, but rough family situation. You know, we had a lot of uh, abuse, uh, addiction that occurred in our household. I had two older sisters. Uh, the police actually uh, took my sisters and myself away from our dad when I was five years old. And unfortunately, our mom just was not equipped to handle us. So we uh, lived on the streets for uh, several years before uh, my sisters found this little corner church about one block over, and they offered uh, free Dunkin' Donuts and orange juice if we attended Sunday school. So without our mom, uh, we we went there, and some really amazing folks from that church took notice to us. Uh, You know, it wasn't the government that stepped in. It was just regular people at this church that discovered us, found out our situation, found out that we were actually living in an abandoned house. You know, today we probably call it a, a crack house. And uh, he, a guy named Wes walked the streets, found us. It was the middle of winter. We had uh, T-shirts on. And right away, he uh, got permission from our mom to take us to this orphanage. Uh, so when I was seven years old, I got dropped off at an orphanage, uh, separate from my sisters, and uh, ended up staying there until I graduated high school. That's an incredible story. You know, we hear... You know, we hear stories, and we know they're not stories. We know they they exist, of course, about people who are homeless and living on the streets, as you say, uh, under bridges sometimes, maybe in abandoned cars or whatever they can do to find some sort of shelter. Um, what did that experience do to you 
or maybe Joe Knopp, what did it do for you? You know, I think the biggest benefit uh, is two things. First, you know, when you're seven years old and you are as alone as alone can be, dropped off at a boys' dorm at an orphanage. Um, fortunately, it was ran by uh, some uh, some Christians uh, as a ministry, and I very quickly learned that there is a heavenly Father that they promised would not leave me nor forsake me. So truly to this day, I have felt uh, God's presence in my life uh, and really protecting me uh, a lot of times even from myself, but just uh, looking out for me like a father is supposed to do for their children. But number two, uh, you know, when you're living in an orphanage, there's only one in the city of Philadelphia, you get to see the, the, the benefit of amazing men and women in the community that just reach out. You know, every Christmas, I bet there were 20 different gatherings that I got to go to and just see the gracious efforts of so many people that just poured out into us. And it really helped me understand at an early age that, you know, it was not the government that allowed me to be where I am today, where I get to talk to you on the radio. It was amazing people that just cared above and beyond their own family, their own situations to reach out and, uh, and care for me. And that's what that's what I feel like the people of Ohio are, and that's why we need to protect them from the current regime so that uh, they can continue to help individuals in the state. It is an amazing story, your your personal life history. We're talking with Joe Knopp. He is lieutenant governor candidate who is running alongside gu- gubernatorial candidate Jim Renacci. You, you, you experienced all that. You graduated high school. You went into the Air Force for six years to serve the country while also earning your finance degree through Wright State University, which is an amazing thing in and of itself. And now here you are, a number of years later, and you're attached to a man who could be the governor of the state of Ohio. Tell me, how do you know Jim Renacci? How did you come to be a, um, you know, acquainted with him to the point where he said, hey, Joe, I'd like you to be my guy? I spent uh, most of this year, probably going back as far as uh, January, February, you know, after doing Unplanned, after uh, doing a movie with the Trump family, you know, quite a few people in Ohio did reach out to me to consider uh, running for office, and specifically a uh, governor or lieutenant governor. And as I you know, spoke at a lot of events, uh, was in a lot of living rooms, met with a lot of folks, I just did not see that leadership quality that I would be uh, willing to uh, associate with, connect myself with, and I didn't see anyone who had the ability to actually feed the wine, which is a, a challenging effort uh, in front of us. And uh, Laura Trump has uh, been a dear friend of mine, and uh, I spent a lot of the campaign with her last year filming. And so I had really leaned on her for advice, for mentorship. And it wasn't until uh, I found that I was on a short list uh, with Jim Renacci and then I spent time with, uh, with Laura Trump and talking to her, and she insisted that I spend time with Jim and get to know him because of her appreciation for him and her family's appreciation for him. So we had a several, Jim and I had several dinners together, quite a few phone calls together. And I just, first of all, I know he is the answer for this state. I appreciate his business background. I appreciate what he has done. And uh, even as mayor, his efforts in DC, and I completely understand his frustration for where the state is today. So all that being said, I was you know, honored when he called me and asked me to be his running mate. Joe, what, is the, what are the one or two greatest strengths that you bring to this ticket? What makes you valuable here? If people were considering 
you know, I don't know if I'm going to stick with Mike DeWine or if I'm going to go with Jim Renacci, um, you know, in this Republican primary. What does Joe not bring to push people over to the Renacci side? For the first time in, in probably a really long time in the state of Ohio, I understand people. You know, I understand poverty. I understand the importance of family. I understand the importance of military. Uh, therefore, I understand the importance of police and first responders. And I feel like, uh, and I also understand, you know, what you're doing, Bob, as far as our voice has been, uh, you know, quite, you know, really prevented from being told as I pushed, you know, the unplanned movie, pushed uh, the actual Trump story that needed to be told. So I fully believe that it first takes understanding of the people and therefore understanding of the problems before we even get to the solutions. Jim has all the solutions. I really feel like I can really help him uh, relate and connect with the people because I've been in most situations. Joe, um, the president of the United States said on Sunday, I believe it was, that uh, there is no federal solution to COVID-19. This after promising that he had the federal solution to COVID-19. But he said it's going to be solved at the state level. So, okay, let's suppose that Jim Renacci and Joe Knopp are running the state of Ohio, and uh, you have been uh, upon you has been conferred the responsibility to solve COVID-19 for Ohioans. What do you do? What do you do outside of pushing vaccines and mandating things and sh- locking things down, which has been Mike DeWine's, um, uh, you know, his uh, solution to all of this? What does a Renacci... Uh, NOP administration do differently? Look, it's quite simple. Uh, you know, prior to two years ago, we actually trusted Ohioans to manage their families' health care. I'm not sure how and why we got away from that, but we just need to trust Ohio. Now, it, it is our responsibility to inform to the highest levels of what is happening uh, in this state, in this country. So we would do our best to fully inform Ohioans so that when they make any of their choices related to medicine, it will be an informed choice. And that's what we need to get back to. It's just purely trusting the people of Ohio. You know, that's uh, you're the first uh, candidate or, or elected office holder that I've heard in a long time actually say that. Let people make up their own minds about their health uh, rather than having the government to use a one-size-fits-all approach by pushing things on them that may or may not be right for them. So um, I really like that. Jim Renacci says you are, like him, a political outsider, even though he has held office, uh, you know, particularly in the Congress, um, says that you are a couple of outsiders. Do you see that as, as being the right approach here against Mike DeWine? I do. You know, uh, Jim Renacci, the reason he got involved with politics to begin with is because the government ripped his car dealership away from him. And when he did call his local representative that, by definition, was supposed to be representing him as an Ohio citizen, uh, he basically got laughed at. Uh, so that's why Jim first got involved in politics. And for me, you know, I had the privilege of uh, being alongside the Trump family most of last year during the campaign. And I saw firsthand what an outsider, the uh, what they were facing from the establishment. But yet, when we look at the results of what Trump was able to do for this country, you know, he... he uh, turned D.C. upside down, and it was true as an outsider. And as a filmmaker, what an amazing script when you have a New York businessman who never held office once and got together a, a lot of non-political advisors to run a campaign 
and he won the presidency of the United States and arguably will go down as one of the best presidents we've ever had. And I truly believe, uh, you know, Jim Renacci is going to be able to do to Columbus and turn upside down the corruption, everything that has occurred there in the same manner that Trump was able to do it in D.C. Joe Knopp, Lieutenant Governor candidate running alongside Jim Renacci now to try to oust Mike DeWine and save the state of Ohio and the people uh, from uh, Mike DeWine's heavy-handed, big government-style approach. Joe, it's been very enlightening. I really appreciate and enjoyed the conversation. It's great to get to know more about you and about your, uh, you know, your mindset and your vision for the state of Ohio. I appreciate the chance to do that, and I know it's a long time between now and that primary, so I'm sure we'll be talking again. But for now, thank you for that great introduction, and I wish you a very happy new year. Thanks for what you do, Bob. Keep fighting for us. Thank you, Joe Knopp. There's Joe Knopp, Lieutenant Governor candidate working with Jim Renacci. Very interesting background. Literally rags to riches. Lived on the streets, put himself, uh, you know, after he graduated from high school, put himself through college by working in the Air Force for six years now. Uh, a very successful filmmaker, and obviously he wants to help the people of the state of Ohio. Good stuff from him. I hope you appreciated that, and we'll be right back. Okay, it's 10.57, so I've only got time for one call before the uh, wrap on this bad boy on this Wednesday. It's going to be Brian's. Brian in Sagamore Hills. Thanks for waiting through the interview. Brian, go right ahead. You're on the air. Hey, how are you? I'm good, sir. Um, you know, I knew that, uh, you know, it wasn't a matter of if I got COVID. It was a matter of when. So um, I went uh, about six months ago, and I just loaded up with, like, fish oil and garlic and uh, D3 with magnesium and uh, quercetin with zinc and all the different things. But I did the extra step. My friend Tony and I went ahead and ordered ivermectin out of Canada, okay, because okay. I knew that they weren't going to let people have it. I have friends of mine that actually got a prescription for ivermectin and went to four different pharmacies, and they refused to fill it. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. well, an FDA-approved drug that won the Nobel Prize, for goodness sake. 2015. Sakes. Yep, exactly right. right. And, they won't fill it. Is, <laughs> right. Well, they call it, you know, cow paste and, you know, horse Horse paste. dewormer anyway, and all that stuff, yeah. Right. On the 30th of November, I got COVID. And, I mean, it was full-blown full December 1st. And I had the ivermectin. And that, and that Wednesday, I started taking the ivermectin. My wife got it. She took the ivermectin. My older son got it. He took the ivermectin. I've sent ivermectin to several of my friends who got it. One of my friends, best man in high school, you know, or best man, you know, that, I, that was yeah. in my wedding that I went to high school with, gave him the ivermectin. He had it for eight days, 12 milligrams, eight days. Uh, he went back to work last Tuesday. Wow. Okay. And, you know, this is, so, these are yeah. stories, and I, I apologize. i got to go here because we're up against the end of the show, but I'm glad you called. These are the stories, again, that buttress the point that I made. Right now, the, the the goal is not health. It is about power, and it's about profit. And your story is a great example of that. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. Let's go, Brandon.